But here, uh, this new creation is part three. In some contexts, I will be preaching a part five in some place, but uh, this is part three for you. But we could talk about a, a new creation from, uh, like, as I said, any page of the Bible practically and talk about who God has made us. Now, some of these things you've heard me say time and time again, but they're always based in the Scripture. They're always based in the Scripture, not from my opinion. Uh, from time to time, somebody will ask me something and say, what is your opinion? I don't, I don't have one about it, but I can tell you what God says about it. Yeah. So I, I don't stand here and start telling you what my opinions are. No, no, I don't. I try to stay away from that, that category. I want to talk about what Jesus has said, what God has said, because his word is forever settled in heaven, forever settled, will never be upended uh, or, or up, there will never be an upheaval of his word. So let's look at uh, this new creation, which you are. You are this new creation. So Paul talks about it. He said um, that, that you are a new creation. And when he says that, it does not nullify the fact that you are also the new creation, but you are a new creation. For if anyone is in Christ, he, he is a, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So if you are in Christ, that means that God has done something novel and unprecedented. But there are people who would be teachers, and, and they would tell you things that are not true. They are, as it were, they're not true according to Scripture. They are true according to their feelings. But God's desire is to take us into the depths of the truth of God. That's God's desire. So, so what is true is good, but what is true today may not be true tomorrow. But the truth stands forever. Amen. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I will read beginning in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, reading verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been risen, uh, raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, sometimes in the Bible, when you, you see uh, that little IF, now if Christ is preached, you can all, sometimes sense works to give you a greater understanding of the text. So now since Christ is preached, though it's not a, a condition, he may or may not, but he is preached, um, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? And there, again, is an opinion that contradicts the truth the Word of God. Because some say, well, Christ is preached, so he's preached by uh, those who carry the Word of God. And now some, even in the congregation of the Corinthians, are saying uh, there's no resurrection. And, and, and frankly, it's not just, you know, approximately 1900 and something years ago, uh, but also today there are believers, quote-unquote believers, uh, I have to put them in quotations because I have some concerns. But they will hear the Word of God and walk out and say, but I think. And uh, I want to say carefully, that's the wrong but. Look here, verse 13 says, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. So, what, he, what he's showing a, a truth that, that you cannot deny. If there's no resurrection of the dead, Christ is not even risen. And he says, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. All this believing and, th and th whatever you're doing is for nothing. So this is, our, our, our faith is predicated, it's built upon, 
it, 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 that the fact that the reality is that Christ rose from the dead. And so if Christ didn't rise from the dead, there's no reason for us to say, I have faith in God because you're still in your sins. And so th these are uh, cornerstone scriptures that we want to walk out of here. Don't walk out of here with some and say, well, I just think. And that's what, 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 what we, uh, Sister Kemp used to call stinking thinking. All right? It says, yes, and we are found false witnesses of God. If Christ isn't raised, they're false witnesses of God. There's another way of saying that that's a little tougher. We're lying on God. False witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. In fact, the dead do not rise. And so he says, we are lying on God because we've been going around testifying, you know, perjuring ourselves. Okay? He says, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. It's empty. It's of no value. You are still in your sins. Then, and so now when he says you're still in your sins, he doesn't mean that you're still bad people per se. What he's saying is you're, you are destined to a place you're not going to come back from. You're destined for hell. That's what he's actually saying. And he says you're still in your sins. Sin's not some cute thing. Oh, I know I, I was sinning. No, it's not cute. It's bad stuff. It caused Christ. It, that's why Christ died for us. So Christ says, I'm going to die to save you from your sins. I'm going to save you from what you could not be saved from. All of us should be exulting in Jesus because we have been saved from what there was no solution. We couldn't be saved from. And so these things we ought to know. This is not just an quote-unquote, an exhortation, you know, to where I get you all excited and, and encouraged. But this is the truth of God in that you, you must understand that the Scripture says definitively. That means that there's nobody that can contradict. There's not a debate where the one side, you know, wins some points. You can't win any points if you're on the other side, you know, because this is definitively Christ has been raised from the dead. And, and the, the, one of the beautiful things is that Paul, uh, on his way to Damascus, this, he was a bad guy. Bad, bad guy. You know, didn't mind hurting people. He was on his way. I, I always, I, I sort of liked that part. You know, I know I've had to grow. I have had to grow. But I, I always liked the part that when he got knocked down, you know? And, and then, of course, but I, I love Paul. <laughs> I love Paul because all of us have had some Paul in us. And so Paul was on his way breathing threats of slaughter and injury against the people of God, and he met Jesus. And, and the power of meeting Jesus uh, on that road to Damascus knocked him, as it were, in the dirt, knocked him in the dirt, and he looked up and said, Sir, who are you? That's what you want to do to bullies. And, 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 and then Paul had an encounter with the Lord changed him rather than being against God. He was for him. And he is talking because he met Jesus. He said, who are you? He says, I'm Jesus. You know, I, I know who these guys are. I'm traveling with them, but who are you? I'm Jesus and whom you are persecuting. And now you can't look at his, his, his countenance is brighter than the noonday sun. You can't deny that he's more powerful than you and that you are in the dirt and can't even see. This is an, a real encounter. And it's not like this was something subjective with Paul, but he had witnesses. They led him into, into Damascus blind. 
sat down for three days and three nights, not eating, not drinking, talking to, to the one he could not see. Yeah. He said, I'm Jesus, and you're persecuting me. No, no. Somebody said, well, he didn't know Jesus. Well, he, but he persecuted you. He persecuted Jesus. Jesus says, you can't persecute my knee without persecuting the whole of me. You can't persecute my foot without persecuting all of me. And this is how it, it happens with the believers. So, you have to understand these truths and believe these truths. And when you do, they work for you. Amen. 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 And so, he says, uh, let me read 17 again. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also, not only that, then also, those who have been, have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Now, when he says perished, he doesn't mean that they have been annihilated. What he means is that they are, they are not a part of this life anymore. They're not a part of this realm, this physical realm anymore. They are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. If it's only for the here and now, it, we are to be pitied. Now, listen. Let's look at verse 20. We're talking about a new creation. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And when we see this terminology, first fruits, he is uh, now the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, those who have died. He says he is the first person to rise from the dead to never die again. So, Paul is the first person, I mean, Jesus is the first person to rise from the dead to never die again. And what this word first fruits means is that there's coming a large crop later, a part of, and you are now a part of that large crop of believers. So, we are to believe these scriptures. And he says, for since by man came death, this is the, the wisdom of God, since by man came death, Adam in the garden, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Now, since by small, lowercase m-a-n, came death, lowercase man, uh, you know, no capital, came death. So, lowercase man could brought, could, uh, brought death, but could not stop death. So, let's see what uppercase man did. By capital M-A-N, by man, not by M-A-N, small, by capital M-A-N, also came the resurrection of the dead. So, man caused the problem. God says, okay, man, you've got to fix the problem. But there was no lowercase man that could fix the problem, so God says, I'll become a man. That's the truth of God. And by this, we walk in. And so, you have to know how God's constructed this reality for you. And then walk in it. Don't go by feelings. My feelings will lie to me. Your feelings will lie to you. Even your eyes will lie to you. <laughs> you know, they're pretty good most of the time, but sometimes you see stuff that's not there. And especially when we, we see into people's motives. You know, well, they, they didn't like me. I could tell by the way they look. No, no, you don't like somebody when you look like that way. You don't, <laughs> like that. You don't know what they were thinking. Come on, that's how that works, all right? So, as believers, we, ha we have the challenge, the encouragement of living above these things. Yeah, we have the, 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 the challenge, and we have all that we need to do it. Let's read some more. He says, so Paul explains a little bit further in verse 22 by saying, for as in Adam, all die. Now, does anybody uh, have a problem with that statement? As in Adam, everybody died. 
Okay, now, and it'll be okay if you, if you had one. I, I promise you, I would not embarrass you. I was just going to explain it even further. Because see, what happened is that all humanity, doesn't matter which continent you live on, which nation you're from, all of us were in that one man's loins. I mean, that's, that's, that's big, isn't it? I mean, that is amazing. So when, when Adam sinned, I know this is good, this is tough, but all of us sinned. Because we were in the sinful man. And so, he, he says here, um, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ. Don't you like that, in Christ? You know, God had the wisdom to place us where? In Christ? He placed that you in Christ? All believers, he says, all believers are in Christ. He says that God uh, did this for you in Christ Jesus before time began. Before there was a lowercase man, M-A-N, before there was an Adam, there was a, there, wow, hallelujah. He's going to make me, he's going to be, he's going to make me like Oral Roberts up there in East Texas. Going to make me start shouting up here. God had a plan for you before you knew you were you, before you knew anything. I didn't know myself when I was in my daddy's loins. But God had a plan for you. This is what you have to know. This is so marvelous, isn't it? And we look at things, situations and circumstances and make our decisions and then, and then reap finality because, oh, I can't. No, you can. Why? Because God said you can. God had a plan for you in his son before the foundation of the world, before time began. Thank you, Jesus. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Now, all died uh, in Adam. That's, unqualif uh, that's a, uh, an unqualified all, everybody. But in Jesus, it's qualified because this is the qualification. You have to, you have to receive him. You have to repent of your sin. It's not like you get to be in Christ Jesus because uh, you are born. No, you have to be born again. You have to be born again. Listen, look here. He says, uh, Christ the first fruits. He brings that about again. Christ the first fruits. Afterwards, those who are Christ's at his coming. Those who are Christ at his coming. And James, in, in the book of James, uh, chapter 1, verse 18, in the book of James, he says, of his own will, but whose own will? God's own will. Of his own will, he brought us forth how? Say it with me. By the word of truth. So he brought us uh, by the word of truth. Why? Read it with me. That we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So what God wanted us to be like, uh, be like Jesus, right? Jesus is the first fruits of the new mankind. So God has brought us forth as we too would be first fruits. Of all of his creatures. Somebody ought to say amen to him. So this is who you are. This is not who you are trying to be. This is who you are. And then we are going to develop more in who we are as we receive the truth of God, as we ingest and then digest so that we become what we eat. We are already who God says we are. Then look at uh, the scripture goes on to say, um, 
This is First Corinthians, is it 24? Am I in 24? Let's put that up there. 15. It's, and he says, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, and he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power. So that is the result of it. But now let's go back to look at who we are again. So he's going to br bring an end to everything. He's going to bring an end to everything. But let's look at it. So we are what? God's workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus. What? For good works. We're created in Jesus Christ. We're created in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. In the world you will have tribulation. In the world you will have difficulty, he says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. I want to reemphasize our genesis is not where we were born. Our genesis is Christ. Our genesis now is not after the natural, but after the heavenly man. Uh, to be created in Christ Jesus means that we are formed in, fashioned in, and through Jesus Christ. So that's the, the new person. You say, but I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You may not feel alive, but you're alive. You're alive. So, so let, let's begin to believe and, tr and trust the Word of God. Believe and trust the Word of God. If somebody comes to you with something other than the Word of God, you repudiate that. You repudiate that. You know, if God says you shall live and not die, you believe I shall live and not die, and I'll declare all the glories and the goodnesses, all that of God. I will live. I'm not going to believe a report that says that. You know, and I, when I was growing up, everybody would say, the doctor said the doctor. I thought the doctor was the enemy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about where you're from. That's why I was from. The doctor said, the doctor, man, why did you go to the doctor? You went to the doctor for some help. And so I said, in this church, we're not going to vilify doctors. The doctors will tell you what that diagnosis is. They said, this is your diagnosis. You've got such and such a disease, and this is the termination date roughly. That means if there's no intervention, you and I had a, a termination date. You know, the soul that sins, it shall die. But Jesus came and gave us life. That's what the new creation is. He intervened. So, so the, the diagnosis was right. We were sinners. We were headed for death. But, but the prognosis is, was in God's hand, and he says, you will live and not die. Amen. And so, so we have to be, we have to, you take the diagnosis, but let's look at the new prognosis. We are a new creation. We are a new humanity. We are fashioned just like Christ. He's first fruits. We are first fruits. He's God's son. We are God's son. Come on, somebody. That's what the new creation is about. And Paul says we are now, uh, he tells us this about being partakers. So we are now partakers of the new mankind. So what does that mean is that we are sharers in. We're sharers in, partakers, yes, we are sharers, for in Christ we are a new humanity. We're not, we're not like your unsaved brothers and sisters. Jesus is the first fruits, and you and I are first fruits. And so we have died to sin. Having died to sin, Jesus Christ lives to God, and likewise, we are to record ourselves dead but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing? So that's how we are partakers is that we are sharing. As he is, so are we in this world. 
That's the new creation. But I, 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 I don't want to have a griping session, but I hear too much, too many believers who go to church. Some of them have gone to Sunday school, they're going to church. They went to the, the little, what do you call that, the little workshop in the evening. They, they went to that, and they still doubted. I want you to stop doubting. You know, I belong to Jesus when I'm doing really well. I'm making A's on my tests every day. I belong to Jesus when I have F on that one day. I belong to Jesus. But, but when I've got the F on there, I'm going to start to look up until I, that F turns into an A. And I almost, da- I almost dare to say that there's somebody in here who's got an F on his or her report card and turned it into an A when they went to home to see mom and dad. But that's not the way... That's not the way you turn it into an A as believers. You, you just start walking it out. You start believing what God said. That's the A. You're not going to, you can't go to God and say, Lord, it's really an A. Can't do that to God. But you can't do that to God. Let's talk about this new humanity a little bit more. Um, in John chapter 3, look at John chapter 3, the gospel of John chapter 3, verses, verses 1 through 8, if I have time, if I have time. Oh, she says, take it. Amen. So, if, since I, if I'm going to take it, don't be coming to him and say, he kept this stuff. No, you have to talk to her. And she's going to have some big elders around her, too. So. Like her big brothers. Look at, look at John chapter 3, verse 1. I love this portion of Scripture. Um, and there are Scriptures. Let me just, it's a little, little, little fun here. There are Scriptures that when I hear people reading them, honestly, I get jealous about it. And I know I'm getting better, but, but uh, I just tell you the truth. I feel like they're my scriptures, and they ought to go get them some. <laughs> these are my scriptures. I love these scriptures. And I don't want you in here talking, to, and then they talk about something in my scriptures, and then and y'all, y'all go, oh, 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 and I go. <laughs> I would say move on. Well, these are beautiful. Let's read them. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. He was on the Sanhedrin. Uh, This man came to Jesus by night or at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Now, why why did he know Jesus was a teacher come from God? He said, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, now this is what we learned about Jesus and as new creation, we have the right to do as Jesus did here. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus knew what Nicodemus needed, and he didn't follow Nicodemus' line. He didn't follow his line. But he says, okay, he said, um, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus was, was provoking thought in Nicodemus. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Now, Nicodemus is following it into what Jesus wants. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So Nicodemus asked this question. Somebody said, oh, that was dumb. Well, it wasn't for Nicodemus, and it would, you would do the same thing if Nicodemus hadn't done it. I'm grateful that Nicodemus stuck his neck out there. Yeah, look at verse 5. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus took it further. He took it from, from 
uh, first grade to second, third, fourth, fifth grade, and, and says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Now, this is what Jesus wants us to understand. This is what he wanted Nicodemus to understand. He said, Nicodemus, hey, Nick, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Can't help in the spirit. Can't give God what he wants. And can't provide for you what you need. That which is born of the flesh is just flesh. And that which is born of the spirit, SP, capital, uppercase, spirit, that which is born of the spirit, like the Holy Spirit, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This has been one of the most liberating verses in the Bible for me. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And I realized one day that I've been born of the spirit. Therefore, I am not a spirit. I am spirit. I am born of God. You are born of God. You may say, I don't believe that. Stop doubting. You know, no, yeah. You know, I could, if, if there were $100 million in the bank for you, and somebody said, man, man, this, we don't know who he was, but this person left you $100 million. I don't believe it. He said, well, let's go to the bank. I ain't going. I would say, man, I'd say, wow, may I have your ID? You know, is there some way I can go there for you? I mean, what is it going to take, what is, what is it going to cost you to go to the bank and see? And that's how some people are. They come to church and I don't, I don't believe that. I'm not going to even investigate it. And, and, and you die because you're listening to a dead man. You've got to stop that. We have to walk in. We are a new creation. You're not like your unsaved neighbors who don't know Jesus, don't want Jesus, don't know who God is, and don't, they have no interest in him because they have their own interests. You're not like them. Oh. Now, listen, Jesus says, that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. He said, don't, do not marvel that, that I said to you, you must be born again. Don't say, oh, wow, whoa. Don't do that. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You can't lasso the Spirit. He said, no, you can't, you can't grab them. Uh-uh. He said, you don't know. You don't know, Nicodemus. You don't know. So this is very good for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and read one more, two more, and then we're going to end the day. Is that all right? Let's look at John chapter 8. So, so while you turn to John chapter 8, 28, I want you to know that this is who you are. You are born of God. You are something new, something novel, something unprecedented. Maybe in your natural life you've not had a whole lot. You're not poor because you don't have a lot of dollars or pesos or, or British pounds or whatever the currency is. You're not poor. You're not poor if you don't have that. You are poor when you don't have Jesus. You are poor when you have not been born of the Spirit of God. That's when you are poor. You are eternally poor and destitute when you don't have the Spirit of God. I just want to leave you with John chapter 8 20, and verses 28 and 29. They are some of my favorites too, but I'm, letting, I'm getting used to having all of you just dance over them. Yeah. Yeah, they're your scriptures too. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. This is a big statement. So he's talking about crucifixion. You'll know that I'm he. Remember, 
when the, the centurion, a man who had presided over a great number of crucifixions, that was their job, seen a lot of people die. He's seen them die, but he saw this man praying, forgiving, providing, talking to, talking to God in some amazing ways. Saving the, the guy next to him. He died so well, he changed one of the thieves' mind. This is amazing stuff. So he looks at him, he said, this man must be the son of God. This man is who he says he is. I've never seen anybody die like this man. Jesus says, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. When you and I live this crucified life, that's when those who are viewing your life will know that you are who you say you are. When you live that crucified life, just like Jesus, Jesus crucified, you crucified. That's what it looks like. That's the new creation. You want to be with Jesus? You only want to be with him in the good stuff. But you have to be with him in the crucifying. That's what it looks like. I do very well when I'm casting out demons, doing all those other nice, wonderful things. But when it comes to that dying, then, oh, God, help me. Now, listen to what he says again. But as my father taught me, God is teaching us. He's teaching us how to live apart from the world. He's teaching us not to be a part of it. Don't let anybody with their own human reasoning tell you how you are to comport yourself as a Christian. This is the cry of the hour that we are living in. The cry of the hour that we are living in says, come out from among them and be separate. And I will receive you, says the Lord. That's the cry. And that's the cry that many of us do not want to hear. But the cry is, come out from among them. I might leave my wealth, come out from among them. I might leave, lose my position, come out from among them. That's the cry of this generation, everybody. And then he says, he says, and he who sent me is with me. He who told you to come out from among them is with you. He who sent you is with you. You identify with Jesus in that way as well. He says, the Father has not left me alone. It looked like he was alone. He says, the Father has not left me alone. Somebody says, well, Pastor, no, he, he was alone. Remember, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I said, he was not alone. How do I know he was not alone? Because on that cross, when Jesus was hung out between two thieves, bleeding and dying, somebody was getting saved. He did not leave him alone. Down there, a, a centurion was getting some information that he could have otherwise never had. The Father did not leave him alone. And as, Je as was with Jesus, so with you. He will not leave you alone. He will never leave you alone. It doesn't matter about the pain. Jesus was suffering in pain, could not breathe. It, he had not left him alone. This is amazing reality for all.
all of us. So when you go through those things and you say, God, I don't know why. I don't know why they're doing this to me. I don't know why this pain is so unbearable. Where are you? You have to suffer it like Jesus because you and I are sharers in him. We are sharers. I have shares in Jesus. I have shares in his wealth because of the will of the God the Father. My sin, my sin was so covered that Jesus, he, he could not feel him as before. He could not see him as before. But he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was there. And in those moments when you can't feel him, see him, he is there for you. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. You are a new creation. These are just a very precious few things and ways in which you are like him. You are like him. You are like Jesus. You are, you are a part of this amazing Jesus. Father, I thank you so much for this house and what you have done here and what you have given to us. You made us new and you're showing us day by day that we're not like the unsaved people around us. We're not trying to fashion your church like a world entity. God, we know we're different. We don't want the enemy to come and take everything that we worked so hard for. But I'm here to say that everything of value we receive, everything of value. We want to say how much we love you again and again, how much we bless you. Thanking you for, for your amazing sacrifice. Thank you for, for making us just like you. You know, you are son and we are son. Born the way you were born. You did that. You were born of the Spirit into our humanity. For the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, overshadowed her, and you were born of the Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit came upon you came upon you on that Jordan, and he never left. The Holy Spirit, we're born of the Spirit. He has come upon us, and we've, he's never left. I want to thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you've done for us. I, I just pray this, Lord God, that, that the house here, every believer here will just know, will just know, it doesn't matter how great the pain, doesn't matter, you've promised to never leave us. You've never forsaken us. And I pray, Lord, that somebody in this house who's perhaps not saved today or online would come to you today. Somebody online would say, I'm coming to Jesus today. I pray that you would do that for them. Lord, God, save somebody, whether here in this house or online. And if you're online, this is what I want you to do, and I'm going to come back in a minute. You just tell Jesus... I'm sorry for my sin. And then say, forgive me of my sins. And say, come into my heart and save me. Save me, save me. That is, save me from, from the devil. Save me from hell. And save me from this world. Save me from myself. I pray you do that. And Lord, I pray that, that not one person who's heard this message today would be lost. I pray that not one person would be lost. Not one person, no matter where they are today, what they've done, that they would not be lost. In Jesus' name, amen.